This is Parliament Watch from the Hindu, a podcast tracking the heartbeat of Indian democracy. Good morning, listeners. Today is Monday, the 8th of August, and you're listening to the Parliament Watch podcast by the Hindu. This is your host, Diksha Munjal. Stay tuned as we take you through the goings-on in both houses of Parliament on Friday or day 15 of the ongoing monsoon session. In a major development that took place on Saturday, the NDA's candidate and former West Bengal governor, Jagdeep Dhankar, was elected the 14th Vice President of India by securing 528 out of the 710 valid votes in the election. After the developments during the current monsoon session, it has to be seen how Mr. Dhankar, who will be the new chairman of the Rajya Sabha, handles the vastly deteriorated relationship between the opposition and treasury benches. This monsoon session has been marked by intense opposition protests over multiple issues, record suspensions of a total of 24 MPs from both houses for unruly conduct, and rejections of requests by opposition MPs to send bills to parliamentary committees for reference. Rajya Sabha members today will forego the zero hour to bid farewell to the current Vice President, Mr. Venkaya Naidu, who will be demitting office on August 10th. Now moving on to Friday, to give us some insights about the proceedings in the Lok Sabha and Rajya Sabha, we are joined by senior journalist at The Hindu, Amit Barua. Unlike the monsoon session of Parliament three years ago, when the Modi government passed a substantive piece of legislation by revoking Article 370 of the Constitution as applicable to Jammu and Kashmir and reducing the state to union territory status, it appears that there is no substantive piece of legislation that is pending in the session that's just about to come to an end. The session has been marked by intense acrimony, suspension of MPs, happily for Parliament, the suspension of the MPs ended, and both the MPs in the Raj Sabha and the Lok Sabha came back to the House. Some discussion on price rise did happen with the Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman replying to the debate. There was discussion on some bills. And plus, uh, very importantly, the government decided to withdraw the data protection bill following suggestions from a joint committee of parliament. This shows that the committee system of parliament does work And it's up to both the opposition as well as the Treasury benches to give it the importance that it deserves. It is apparent to all of us that Parliament must essentially be a form of debate and discussion. That is critical to its functioning and its legitimacy and its importance. As the session came to an end, Friday, which is Private Members' Day, a large number of bills were taken up for discussion. And this shows that MPs are keen on having their point of view heard. They are coming with drafts of bills. Uh, As you know, uh, our parliament doesn't have a great record of passing private members' bills. Only a handful have been passed, uh, uh, you know, since independence and since uh, parliament came into existence. 
but nevertheless i think it is a it is a great idea that mps uh, you know uh, exercise uh, their faculties in a way to bring forward legislation which is of public importance often through the legislation they uh, they highlight issues which might be of concern to them or the states that they represent uh, one can only hope and pray that acrimony reduces and when parliament meets next one does hope that there would be substantive consultations between the treasury benches and the opposition to ensure that debate and discussion remains a norm in parliament and not disruption as we have seen from time to time and both parties can work in tandem to make parliament function in the best way possible right thanks amit now elaborating on what happened in the lower house on friday the proceedings once again began amid opposition sloganeering with the house being adjourned in the first hour till noon after taking up the question hour upon reassembling union power minister r k singh moved the energy conservation amendment bill 2022 for consideration and passing the bill seeks to increase the demand for renewable energy in the country at the consumer end for industries buildings transport etc thereby reducing the nation's carbon emissions the bill proposes to amend the electricity conservation act 2001 last amended in 2010 to introduce changes such as incentivizing the use of clean energy by issuing carbon saving certificates currently the electricity conservation act empowers the center to specify norms and standards of energy efficiency for appliances the bill also seeks to make it mandatory for buildings with a minimum connected load of 100 kilowatts to meet their energy requirements from renewable sources explaining the need for the bill the power minister listed india's trist to reduce the carbon intensity of its economy by 30 to 35% by 2030 and use non fossil fuel energy resources for 40% of power demand he added that india was outstripping developed countries in terms of achieving pledges with regard to clean energy opposition members while encouraging the bill pointed out some fallacies and required additions to the bill during the discussion on the bill tmc member mahua moitra asked how the amendment would address concerns of india's cooling demand citing the 2019 india cooling action plan report ms moitra stated that india's cooling demand will increase by 30% by 2030 she also asked for increased research and development in the green hydrogen space to make the transition to green hydrogen smooth stating that currently 95% of the hydrogen produced in India was grey hydrogen which is derived from natural gas TDP MP Jaydev Galla supported the bill but asked the finance minister to reduce the GST on renewable energy from 12% to the 5 to 10% band the house is scheduled to pick up the discussion on this bill again today as mentioned by Amit earlier As per the norm on Friday the house took up private members legislative business in which Lok Sabha members introduced 91 private members bills including one by RSP MP NK Premachandran 
seeking to create a framework for the Agnipath Armed Forces Recruitment Scheme. Other private bills include BJP MP Nishikant Dubey's bill to provide for compulsory periodical distillation of dams, reservoirs, rivers and other water bodies and NCP member Supriya Sule's bill to provide compulsory sensitivity training to students and teachers with regard to subjects such as caste, gender and overall inclusion in each educational institution. A significant amount of time was devoted to the discussion on a private member's bill that is being debated for three years, the Compulsory Voting Bill 2019, moved by BJP MP Janardhan Sigriwal. The bill seeks to make voting mandatory in Indian elections and recommends imposing a fine of Rs 500 on those who do not vote. While addressing the House on the bill, Minister of State for Law and Justice S.P. Singh Bhagel said that the provisions of the bill were not only impractical but would also lead to other problems such as potential paid votes and a large share of the population not being able to afford the fine. The minister said that such bills have not worked in other countries and would not be feasible in India, where many people survive on public distribution meals. The compulsory voting bill was subsequently withdrawn by BJP MP Mr. Sigriwal. As for replies tabled in the House, the Defence Ministry informed that there was a shortfall of around 1.8 lakh soldiers in the Indian Army currently due to the suspension of recruitment rallies in the last two years due to COVID-19. It also said that just around 12,000 soldiers were recruited in 2020-21, while none in 2021-22. Now to update us about Friday's Rajya Sabha proceedings, we have with us my colleague Priyali Prakash. Over to you, Priyali. Thank you, Deeksha. The highlight of Day 15 in Rajya Sabha was a detailed discussion on the Right to Health Bill, but only for Health Minister Mansuk Mandavia to eventually request Professor Manoj Kumar Jha to take it back. The Right to Health Bill is a private member bill introduced in Rajya Sabha by Professor Jha. In his address to the Upper House, the Health Minister recounted the steps taken by central government towards healthcare in India, urging Professor Jha to recall his bill. Mr. Mandavia informed the House that after studying India's COVID management and the shortcomings that were noted in the country's healthcare infrastructure, 64,000 crore rupees have been allocated to be spent in five years. This comes to an average of a little under 100 crore rupees per district. He also asked the MPs to check how that money is being spent in their constituencies. Responding to the Health Minister, Professor Jha said that numbers can be misleading. He recalled that a similar discussion had occurred when right to education was discussed in the parliament and MPs had questioned why it was needed. Professor Jha, however, could not finish his statement as the chair decided that he wouldn't be allowed to speak beyond two minutes. Earlier in the day, Chairman M. Venkaya Naidu had said that some MPs had an incorrect notion that members of parliament are exempt from detainment, arrest and questioning while the House is in session. He was referring to questions raised by opposition MPs a day earlier. In criminal matters, members of parliament 
are not on a different footing than a common citizen. That means a member of parliament do not enjoy any immunity from being arrested in a criminal case during the session or otherwise. There have been number of rulings by presiding officers. I would like to draw the attention of one ruling in 1966, Dr. Jackie Hussain. Members of parliament do enjoy certain privileges so that they can perform their duties. One such privilege is freedom from arrest when the parliament is in session. This privilege of freedom from arrest is limited only to civil cases and has not been allowed to interfere with the administration of criminal proceedings. Members would also recall that I have made an observation earlier. In the observation I said, no member of the House should avoid appearing before any investigating agency when she or he is called upon to do so by citing reasons of the House duty. As the law makes it our abundant duty to respect the law and legal procedure. In a written reply, Minister of State for Electronics and IT Rajiv Chandrasekhar informed the Rajya Sabha that the government issued 105 directions to social media platforms for blocking content under the new IT rules that came into effect in February last year. The directions were issued by the Ministry of Information and Broadcasting. 94 of these were issued to YouTube, while 5 were issued to Twitter and 3 each to Facebook and Instagram. The House was also informed about the volume of complaints made against telecom operators in the country in the last financial year. Out of a total of approximately 5.5 crore complaints, Airtel fared the worst with 54%, followed by Vodafone. 25.8 lakh complaints were registered against Reliance Geo, while the number stood at 8.8 lakh and 48,170 for state-owned BSNL and MTNL respectively. Rajya Sabha will not conduct its zero-hour on Monday to bid Mr. Naidu farewell, who will be demitting the office of the Vice President on Wednesday. That's all from Rajya Sabha on Friday. Back to you, Diksha. Right. Thanks, Priyali. Now moving on to the fact of the day. 2,45,601 That is the number of Indian students who have already left the country from the start of this year till the end of June to study abroad as per the Ministry of External Affairs. That's it from Parliament Watch today. We will be back tomorrow for a wrap of today's proceedings. And if you want more analysis and live updates from the Parliament, Head to our website www.thehindu.com or download the Hindu app on your mobile phone. You can also subscribe to The Hindu Online to get unlimited access to all updates and exclusive content such as detailed explainers on upcoming bills, expert analysis and comments from our journalists and contributors. Thanks for listening.